This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. Putting up the shields. And uh, this is the DraftCast. We are going through Chad Ford Mock Draft 2.0 for the 2017 NBA Draft. And we're going to be breaking it down into four segments, four topics. We'll be doing this for all of Chad Ford's Mock Drafts. We've been doing this last year. You guys did it previously on the Primetime Podcast, too. We're moving it over to the Fast Break. The outside kick, but it's okay. Well, but but when, <laughs> when, when Brandon was on it too, we kind of did yep. the whole. But there, thing. there was a prime time podcast, uh, twenty fifteen mock draft yeah. reaction to seven point up. There was uh, a PTP. So, yep. Yeah. So, but anyway, was a while ago. I know. I was looking up. <laughs> I was looking up stats. But anyways, we are going to be jumping in, and we're going to be looking at Markel Fultz versus Lonzo Ball, talking about who is the better prospect. We did it last year with Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram, kind of discussing who should go number one. There's kind of a consensus here, but still. There might be some players that, that do stick out. Then we're going to go to the Boston Celtics, possibly having the number one draft pick in the NBA draft in 2017 because of that terrible Brooklyn trade. And then we also have the 76ers possibly having two top 10 picks. And then rounding this out with Harry Giles and discussing if his injuries will be too much to overcome in the NBA. But boys, let's get into it. Markel Fultz versus Lonzo Ball. Markel Fultz is the consensus number one draft pick in, in most mock drafts. But looking at it, should he be? I mean, it's hard to argue because he's putting up such fantastic numbers. The only real downside of this that you can really point at and be like, well, you know, why why isn't this team winning more? And that's, I mean, he's carrying a bad team, but he's not good enough to carry them out of their situation. And I don't know if you really want to count against because we've seen a ton of college players be on, you know, underperforming teams in college. And yeah, maybe they won't make the, uh, the, the tourney, but look... There's, they're still just there to showcase one talent. Let's be honest. Like mm-hmm. This team is not stacked. They're not dropping five to the NBA like certain other teams are going to be doing. So I, I think what he's doing is displaying the fact that he is coming into the NBA as the ideal point guard for today's generation. He can score. He can pass, and he has a great tempo to set on that offense. And one thing, too, it's very similar to last year, too, where Ben Simmons was the number one overall consensus pick, but he was on a bad team. LSU didn't make the tourney, where Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, they were on tourney teams. They were mm-hmm. on teams in the top ten. And I know good point. some people might be questioning, well, why is this, this a question? Because most people do have Fultz well, as the number one overall pick, but then we had a conversation early where Ricky was like, I'd take Lonzo Ball well, number one, no, no doubt. The reason why is, and the big question that I think, and guys, I'm going to save you guys because I know people in the comment section have already said it. Their fingers are already bleeding. This team is 15 and 1. This Mm. team is like last year they were 15 and 17 and I know what you're thinking. Well Ricky that's why people are going yeah you know what this team isn't as good. Well last year they weren't a good team. This year 15 and 1 their only loss on a last second shot in Eugene Oregon. Mm. This is a team where it's not like Ben Simmons. They have guys that are scoring at double digits all over the place. They have one, two, three, four, five, six players all in double digits it's pretty outrageous. this year. And guess what? Lonzo Ball isn't even the leading scorer on this Bruins team. It's TJ Leaf. Well, that's one thing, too. I mean, you got to also question with Brandon Ingram last year. He was playing with Grayson Allen. He was playing mm-hmm. with guys who, who are going to the going who are going to be in the NBA, even even uh, Kennard as well, who's a, who's a sophomore now. He played mm-hmm. with him last year. Where you look at TJ Leaf, he's a guy that's pro, you know projected near lottery pick around that 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 thirteen to fifteen 
range. Bryce Alford, senior leader, I mean, he's kind of, you know, what everyone hopes Austin Rivers would be. Coach, coach, coach his son, son, but he's yep. actually doing well. And then you also <laughs> got, you know, Isaac, 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 oh, God damn it, Isaac Hamilton and Aaron Holiday, too. So you got you have guys that are producing where Marco Fultz is pretty much on an island yeah. in Washington. Here's the thing, though, that is my biggest difference from, since we're comparing this to the Simmons-Ingram conversation mm-hmm. of last year, you mentioned how Ingram was playing with so much talent at Duke. A better how, coach, too. How many assists did he have? Two per game. But he also wasn't the main this, ball handler. This year, you have, of course, he's a point guard, and Lonzo Ball has the ball in his hands more, but eight assists. He's getting the ball But you're comparing to a point guard to guys. a sh- small forward. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, but, but Ricky's trying to make a, a fairly valid point, which is the fact that, look, if— as a point guard, your job is to get the ball around to your teammates. But he if you has have more those assists. players, you can still pass the ball to a player. Yeah, but you're not going to be a set for success. It's yeah. like talking about like James Harden versus Russell Westbrook. One of them, like they're both fantastic no, more, point guards. It's no, more no. comparing like KD to Russ. Because no, no, I, I'm, I'm tossing out the small forward discussion oh, okay. entirely. Like that's mm-hmm. they're different positions. Oh, you're talking, I you're talking Fultz versus B- ball. ball. Correct. I don't know if ball fits. No, no, no I'm just in this one specific. Mm-hmm. Let me let me spell it out because yeah. it does need a little bit of preferencing. You're right. Straight up, that's an awful comparison. Uh, what I'm talking about is more so the assists <laughs> and think about how they get the assists. And with Russell Westbrook, he doesn't have a fantastic outlet. He doesn't have that score anymore with Katie gone. So he had he plays the pick and roll a lot, mm-hmm. and he has to rely on guys who are average to bad shooters. When you look at Ball, he has. Six guys scoring double digits on the team, uh, five, well, five, five other, other than, him. than him, and you have reliable shooters, and you have excellent scoring percentage uh, across the board on those. So it, it just turns into, look, Ball may or may not be better at getting assists for his team, but he may put his people in better positions to score mm-hmm. following that pass. And I think that's he gives them a better opportunity once they have the ball in their hands rather than Fultz, who may not. Well, and it's the big thing. This isn't a knock at faults this is just what i like from balls just yeah. draft profile you look at the positive the espn has on it i see unselfish and i go if i see elite passer followed by unselfish sign me up for that but, kid. but one thing too with, with faults is he's gonna need to be selfish because he's on a worse team when you have guys that can put up points like lonzo balls playing with he doesn't have to be unselfish and, and i know still there's there's still you know he showed mm-hmm. that in high school as well but Really, with Lonzo Ball, I mean, he's playing on a better team. He doesn't have to take the full load where, right. you know, when Russ puts up 46, he's going to lose that game most likely because he's the only guy scoring points for that team where if James Harden puts up 25 and still has a triple-double, that team's probably winning because they could, they have deadly shooting from the outside. So, right. Ricky, you're on the side of, of Lonzo Ball. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's not a leaps and bounds like, man, Ball is way better than mm-hmm. Fultz. It's just I like the total package of... He can shoot, he can ball handle, he can pass, he can defend in the backcourt. More around an all-over player to me. Dave, where are you sitting on the defense? If you had make me choose between the two, I'm I would go with Fultz, but I want to take the field. I think somebody else is going to come up and surprise us from... Malik Monk. I love Malik Monk. I That's think Josh Dave's Jackson's thinking. quite good. I think Giles has room to prove himself still this year. There's plenty of time. And we'll talk about him later. And and I, I just think that someone else can still come up and surprise. I don't think this is a 1-2 race like we saw last year. I think that there's 
definitely a lot of time left in the season and a lot of room for them to prove themselves. I don't think it's a one-two race either. And the thing is, is because it's a one race. And last Ooh. year it was a one race too. And I did put I put Brandon Ingram number one for most of my mock drafts. I, I don't but that was just that. because that was just well, I'm explaining I, myself. I know, the man's I know, conversation. I know. I know. Uh, with last year, Brandon Ingram, I, I put him number one just because people were like, well, "Why is Brandon Ingram your number one?" And they would look at the, the mock draft. It's called markability. It's called you know trying to bring in views. Clickbait. It's called clickbait. <sighs> but what the thing is here is Fultz is the number one prospect in my mind, and he is consensus, and I, I don't understand any other reason Lonzo Ball would, would go over Fultz, because Fultz, when I look at him, I see patience. I see the ability to drive. I see the whole package. I see a guy who can be a James Harden, a, a Russell Westbrook, a guy who fits the now what is traditional or, or modern no, it's, it's point modern. guard. Uh, modern versus traditional. Mo- yeah. Modern point guard, because he has this great patience when he's driving, and he doesn't show this, this crazy speed, and it's possibly because he still hasn't developed that speed but what he's playing with right now, it just seems the game is slower for him. And, and even with a poor team, with poor spacing, with a team that really can't shoot outside of really one teammate, he doesn't have the ability. I mean, he, I mean, he has the ability to really slow down the game and, and get to the hole and, and shoot and pass. And it just seems like when he can just digest the game so yeah. well for a 19-year-old. And, that, and that's the thing. You know, if I go out there as a 19-year-old, which I am, and try to play at that level, I'm going to be lost out there. Guys are going to be stealing the ball from me. But it just seems like the ball flows with him. Right. Where with Lonzo Ball, the kid puts up fantastic highlights. And the kid can shoot from deep. And, you know, he fits this team in UCLA. But I don't know if he can be on a team like the 76ers or, say, a team that's struggling like the Nets. I know the Nets won't pick him. But if he's on its worst team, can he show, still show this without the great team behind well, him? And that's why I say I disagree with it because I don't think this is at all like last year. Last year was Ben Simmons was the number one pick and who comes behind him. This year it all comes down to who's going to get that number one pick. Because it's really going to matter. If it's a team like the 76ers, sure, go with Markel. Because you need a, to me, that guy that, like you said, if he can be like a James Harden, be like a Westbrook, you need that guy. But if it's a a team like the Celtics, they could really go ball number one because they already have... A point guard. They don't need a but guy with Isaiah, like Fultz. Isaiah, his contract, I believe, is coming up in 2017, 2018. So but, then you have him coming I mean, up in the, in the back. It's one of those things where it depends on what team is going to be there because I think this is going to, we're going to come down the line and there are some teams that are going to be on draft day thinking Markel, or up until the lottery thinking Markel. There are others that are going to be on the ball side and we are not going to get a definitive, this guy's going number one until that envelope opens up. I think that so far right now it's it's Fultz and it's not a really that big of a discussion to me because just again looking at him I, you're going to look at him and see you know 43 percent shooting from three while it is decent that's but, quite but good putting in, in college I mean yeah. it's going it's to yep. differ when you move that that line back if a guy's shooting 45 percent in in college it's mostly going to translate to a near 40 percent in right. the NBA or at least around 38 where 43 it could, it could possibly be different because that ball does move around Washington so well because of him, mm-hmm. you know how many how many of these are are actually truly open wide wide open three pointers right. versus and, contested shots. Versus, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. So and one thing too, his free throw percentage isn't that great with Fultz, but and he does turn the ball over. But but the thing is, is that he 
is doing this all by himself. And, and the his ability, the abilities that he has on, on the floor to pass, to shoot, to really slow down the game, that's going to translate to the NBA, and that's going to be able to fit on any NBA team. You put him on a, a team with Al Horford, Jalen Brown, and Avery Bradley, if, if they keep him around, or, mm-hmm. and, he's, and he's learning behind Isaiah Thomas for a year, if the Celtics do get the number one overall pick, Fultz is going to be a stud. Yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing with you at all on, on Fultz being a stud. The only thing that uh, you brought up the free throw percentage, and that does kind of bug me, because I think free throw percentage is one of those things where it's mechanical. Like, if you put in the time, you will be a good free throw shooter. It's the same motion. It's repetition over and over. Unless you're Shaq. Shaq's, Shaq's <laughs> an awful case for free throws. And that's, that's, that's a whole different story. But as a guard, as someone who mm-hmm. has the ball in hands 99% of the time, like, your free throw percentage has to be fantastic. And that's why I don't like... Guards shooting below 70% from the free throw line. That's ridiculous. Malik Monk's out there shooting 86. Like, that is where you should be as an elite ball player. And, and the, that's that's where I'm bugged out a little bit because it, it just comes down to practice and, well, and mechanics. And that's the thing where if you look at it at that next level, if you look at how many they're averaging per game, Markel is averaging six attempts per game, yep. and he's making four. He's averaging two misses at when you simplify it down. Ball, you're going to sit there and go, well, Ricky, Dave, he's under a 70. Yeah, but he only averages three attempts per game. He's only missing one shot out of that three average. But the one One. thing I want to bring up, though, and you say that, though, but if you adjust that to where Fultz is shooting, it's the same. It's It's a percentage. He's he's lower Mm -hmm. lower than than Fultz shooting in free throw and three-pointers. And also, he does have 2.3 turnovers compared to Fultz, who's up at 3.2, I believe, but you got to look at that UCLA UCLA team where there are more a threats. Team. You, you said right there, you could just stop at UCLA team. Exactly. Because so, there's a team. So Fultz turning it over three <laughs> times a game isn't that worrisome to me because he does need to force things. Yep. And with Lonzo Ball, the fact that he has two turnovers a game is, is I mean, it's it's still good numbers. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to bash two two turnovers a game, but just something about that. Different with how expectations for different is, teams. Yeah. If you're 15-1 and one and you have the ball in your hands, you shouldn't be turning the ball or Two, two times a game, near near two and a half times a game. So that's just the reason why Fultz sticks out to me. And really, that's going to drive over to, you know, you, Ricky, you brought it up, who's going to have the number one mm-hmm. pick in this draft? And right now, if, you know, the lottery goes their way, if they have the 25% overall, Boston Celtics might end up with that number one overall yeah. pick because of the terrible New York, uh, the, the you know, New Jersey Nets then, or well, then became Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Uh, terrible trade for uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. And that would give the Boston Celtics the number three pick last year and now the number one pick this year because they can swap 2017 picks. So, first off, yeah, that's just. I know it's January and we won't, yep. we won't mm-hmm. know until about May if they will, but. First thoughts, do you think the Boston Celtics could really be picking at number one overall? Well, I mean, there's a huge thing you got to look into here, which is not just, oh, the Nets, are they going to suck enough for the number one pick? Are the, and I'm going to use air quotes, the ping pong balls going to fall in their favor? That's me obviously making fun of the NBA lottery being rigged because uh, the NBA will basically, oh, we want to make sure this player goes here. Are we going to have that this year? Probably not, but... To me, the Celtics are in the, they've got the best shot because really, what are, the, what are the Nets going to do? Like, the Nets are not that team. I have more faith that the Sixers 
are going to win more games from now to the end of the year than the Brooklyn Nets. I, I miss tinfoil hat Ricky. I mean, I, yeah. you know, that it, it's, was, it's been a while. That was a young, you know, open-hearted kid who just wanted the Golden State Warriors to win the NBA Finals, and that was what's up, what's up at its beginning. You know, tinfoil hat Ricky when we did the draft lottery action where he was he was getting down in his bunker and went on a four-minute rant mm-hmm. about how the draft lottery is rigged. It's not rigged, Ricky. It's not rigged. This isn't the the election where the Russians are hacking in and be like, oh, Markel Fultz needs to go to the ball. Boston Celtics. It's not rigged. It's just really based on odds and percentages. And obviously, I mean, when was the last time? What was the last team that lost when you know didn't have the, the draft lottery, or if they weren't were number one and then didn't get the number one overall pick? Was it the Cavs back when when they ended up picking Kyrie, mm-hmm. or it was it was one of those? The I Cavs. Mean, it's, it's, the Bulls got it when we had under a zero like point four percent yeah. Yeah, yeah. with the Knicks. It happens. It's rare though. I think that just looking at this, though, I mean, with with the way percentages fall out and the way it's fall out uh, in the past couple of years, I think it's very highly that the Boston Celtics will get the number one overall pick just because the Nets are such a bad team. And and I don't think they're likely to make moves like Ricky mentioned earlier. Like they're they're sticking with Brolo and Jeremy Lin. And yeah, those guys can do some things, but I don't think that they're going to end up winning more. Th- you're right. It's just Philly. You're going to have Ben Simmons returning, and mm-hmm. you'll see the minutes restrictions fall off for guys like the process, like Nerlens, if they keep him, <laughs> like Ja. Like, you're going to see all those guys putting up close to 30 minutes a game instead of 24 minutes a game. That's going to help them win more games. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see Ben Simmons play in this year. I swear to God, if he doesn't play this year, I'm going to freak the shit out. Well, and one thing, too, with... He doesn't Brooklyn, have to. I know he doesn't have to. He's not going to win and, anything. And there were rumors about him not playing. Just shut so it that, down. So that way they could get the number yeah, one. Yeah, just shut but it down. But one thing, too, I mean, if oh you're looking at that team, it's pretty much just Joel Embiid versus Brooke Lopez. I'm taking Embiid. Embiid's been a stud. And, and Brooke mm-hmm. Lopez, I was a good player, and he could probably be very helpful to a playoff team. I don't think Brooke, Brooke Lopez is going to be able to win me games. The process is, a, is an all-star who's going to be Dayton Rihanna. I'll take I'll take Joel Embiid here. Dude, I, as soon as I heard about that, I'm like, I, I got to go on Twitter. I got to help a brother out. I yep. got to vote for Joel Embiid. But getting back to here, I mean, if the Boston Celtics get the number one overall pick and they're, they're picking crazy. either Ball or Fultz, what is this doing for this this team? Because this is a team that's not you know currently – I mean, they're, they're third in, in the East, but really, I mean, the East is so tight. And yeah, plus it's like, it hasn't spread out It's yet. like the Cavs, Raptors, and then like everybody else. So really, I mean, looking at this, I mean, how how good would this make the Celtics if they got the number one overall pick and were able to take a player like Fultz well, or, or Ball or Giles or whoever ends up number one overall? The thing with the Celtics that I want to throw out, and one thing that they could do, I know last year we had the rumors of draft day where – with the Timberwolves looking at Jimmy Butler, the Celtics looking at Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Jimmy in particular, even though he's on the block again, but the Celtics could, if they get the number one pick, go, do we want to bring in a young kid or do we want to say, hey, Isaiah, we're going to bring it, we're going to use this pick and some other pieces to bring in a superstar to help you, bring in a all star, a quality player, a veteran. To help you. Well, then they already have Isaiah, then they'll have Al Horford, and then they'll have Jimmy Butler if they do that. But one thing, too, I mean, I think that's a lot to give up for Jimmy Butler, the number one overall pick. I well, mean, I'm not, I'm the not, number one overall pick, that has I'm not incredible saying, value. I'm not saying, Jimmy, I'm saying if there's any, like, they could look to move the pick 
to bring in a veteran who they know, hey, you know what, this guy, this veteran, we already know what we're going to get from this guy. But how many players are worth a number one overall pick is what I'm really bringing out there. It's, it's likely a one, and then you're going to switch draft picks mm-hmm. maybe in the first round. Well, one thing that you do bring up, or the, something like the that way that the, current, the, 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 the lottery currently sits is, I mean, this won't really ha- I mean, this won't really change unless these teams fall into the lottery. Mm-hmm. Right. Currently, the Bulls have the 15th, 16th pick because Sacramento is currently in the playoffs and the Bulls are currently right. As long as they stay uh, out past that 14th spot, so they have two 15 and 16 picks that they will give be able to you know kind of compensate that with with Boston. So I mean, looking at this, I mean it's not 2K. Look, you can, you can trade good players for a top overall pick. I think Jimmy's more than worth a number one overall. I think that, really yes. You think he's worth the one, number one overall pick? Do you do you not? Do you, I think Jimmy is. I don't know about that. I, if he's I would, still under contract. If I was, there, the it's se- not a one-year deal. We, so. we talked about it last week. He's under contract till he's thirty. So you're gonna basically get him from twenty-seven to thirty. I don't know. I, I just think that that there is. It's not two K. You can trade great players for draft picks. I, the only concern is this: this uh, this Celtics team. When is their window? And that is decided by management. That's decided by coaches. That's not in our hands. If I want to speculate on it, though, and I'm looking at. The progressing Jalen Brown right now, who, given his short time, has looked quite well. He's kind of surprised me because he's playing better than I expected him to his first year. He, I thought he was more of a project. Uh, would be showing up later, but no, he's doing great. Uh, Isaiah right now is on fire. Like He is one of the quickest players in the NBA, and they abuse his speed on offense so much on quick breaks. And I, I think this is a team that really just needs that score, and they can compete because of their depth. Mm-hmm. With a team like the Raptors, I want to say the Cavs, but I just not. I'm not sure. It's it's the, the question at the end of the day. Is, do beat you think Raptors, you can beat beat the Raptors first? Then well, no, worry about the no. Cavs. The answer is, do you think that this star will help you beat LeBron James? Well, because that's, that's all that matters. What it has to come Are down the, to. He's the measuring stick for the mm-hmm. East and, and for the NBA in general. Is one of two teams. So if you think your window is well, LeBron James is still there, then go go for the stud right now. If you don't, go get a young player. You can get him. And uh, Jalen Brown up to speed at the same time. You got a ton of pieces on that team. There's a lot of growth and development. You can be a constant playoff team and not have a championship unless, hey, maybe 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 somebody gets hurt. Maybe something happens to the Cavs or uh, uh, Toronto, and you have a chance that year. Like you never, you can't predict the future. All you can do is set yourself up to succeed every year. See, one thing though with with, with Jimmy, I, I don't think Jimmy is worth the, the number one overall pick. And this is why, why I'm saying this is because if you with that number one overall pick, you get so many options, and you you get the ability. You can to lock draft. down a player for about was it like eight years or something. And especially with now? the new CBA, mm-hmm. you can yeah. you can just give that guy a ton of money and he'll stay. I mean, yeah. like you're you're able to offer him significantly, uh, I think like 45% more than whatever, whatever other teams can can offer them. I, I don't know if that's the exact number, so don't kill me in the comments. But looking at this, I mean, you're able to draft a guy who can be a Russ Westbrook and he can stay on your team for He could be, years. but you don't know yeah, that. The but thing, it, and that's you the don't thing know. that we're that's seeing right thing. now. Wait, but that's the thing we're seeing right now in the NBA. We're not seeing, oh, I'm drafting this kid day one and he's going to come in day one and be that stud for me. We're seeing guys like Look at even Brandon Ingram. He was drafted at two, and we're seeing him develop. Ben Simmons, of course, it was an injury, but we haven't even seen him play. We're not seeing. I mean, look at Steph Curry, who right now the is rookie like, of the year is a guy who was drafted two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is a twenty-four year old, mm-hmm. uh, and number three is Buddy Hield, so, who is emerging because so, of his so recent you're, starter. You're going to draft a kid and say, okay, you know what, this kid is good. But is he going to help us win right away? Maybe not, but it's okay, Isaiah. It's okay. That's why I would 
take the, and that's why I didn't say Jimmy, because I didn't want everyone to think I was a Bulls homer. You could say you Boogie. You could, you could say, say Boogie. You could say a handful of any, guys. Any veteran that you think is worth number one pick is an option for the Celtics if it's one of those things where, hey, we can if we can make the push to win now yeah. with this player. If I was them, I would not. I would, I would keep my pick. I would go with Fultz, and I would plan for this team to line up in about three years see but the thing is is though i mean you you mentioned that players aren't coming in right away and making an impact but we've also we've, seen we've had a, this to be like, fair right this away. past year was was a shitty draft year well le, le, well no last year wasn't a shitty draft year it's just the, the players no, that it, fell into shitty i mean like no, ben simmons can be a, a it's a it's a, a franchise draft changer you like, said can be a can be a at okay, this point but, it's a bunch of role players and backups at this point but i'm just saying yep. this 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 point right now it's been a I mean, but it's tough to say. Two I'm years ago, we had Cat, who was being compared to the greatest power forward of all time. Exactly, and Cat we had, had a, a Porzingis, who was a god, and had a phenomenal rookie year. And that's my point: is is each year is different. And two but years Ben Simmons ago, got injured, so you can't say it's a shitty, shitty. You can because he's not but, playing. But what I'm saying is, we're seeing guys know, come in yeah. and have phenomenal seasons, but they're not guys that come in and change the game. Where it's like we're not seeing like, oh, I've got this guy. Bam, I'm a playoff team. <clears throat> I'm gonna Rose. use I'm gonna use yeah, fucking eight years ago. It still I'm happened. Ta- I'm talking recent. Look at Carl Anthony Towns. It's a great example. They didn't have a team there. If he goes to a team like Boston, that Boston's already there with Brad Stevens and players like they're Al in the playoffs. Horford. Is he going to they're push them over? In, already Is Jalen Brown gonna push him over? Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying Jalen Brown. I'm well, saying a player asking. like Markel Fultz or Jalen Brown was Three, four. I'm, I'm not saying that though. I'm, three, I'm saying three. I'm saying a team like if you draft Markel Fultz and you put him on a team with Al Horford, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Avery Bradley. He's Jay coming Cr- off the bench and contributing at some level. But are you laying who, who's losing time then? Smart or Rozier? Rozier's probably gone then. Yeah. Yeah. Terry to be Rozier fair, is yeah. But gone. but I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have Marcus Smart and, and Markel Fultz, or if for some reason you want to put Avery Bradley on the second team and have. Martin Bradley and have a, have a defensive lineup there and, and have Fultz and Isaiah Thomas out there. I mean, this guy can be a a, a franchise changer or possibly a franchise changer. And if he is, mm-hmm. he can be better than Jimmy Butler. He's younger than Jimmy Butler. He has more potential than Jimmy Butler or even Boogie if you don't want to be a Bulls homer. This a kid that you're drafting this young can change a franchise. And, and that's the thing about oh, yeah. number one overall picks is that it has so much more value than the number one, number two overall pick because you have you. so many options. Yeah, and I, that's just the one thing is like I, I look at this and I don't think it's going to be like you know Jimmy Butler for the number one overall pick straight up. It's going to be the the Bulls are going to have to give up more to get that, and that, that's the one thing I look at it just because you know you probably would have to give up a, a first rounder and Jimmy Butler to to get this, and and that's I, possible. I yeah. just look at this and I just see. You know, if you have the potential of drafting a guy who could change your franchise and be there for his whole career, mm-hmm. and he can win you multiple championships, that's worth the uh, that's worth more than Jimmy Butler taking a it's risk. Just, and what if what if it doesn't pan out? Oh no, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm I'm merely saying that there's a safe bet, which is going for the proven guy who is a veteran in the league, who is already producing at a star level, and the window lines up for you and your team, versus changing that window for going for a championship, which in my mind is a smarter move because you're not going to beat LeBron James mm-hmm. when he's mm-hmm. healthy. They have a loaded team. And guess what? Even if you do, you're not going to beat Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. So uh, I'm with you. I don't think they should throw away this pick. I think they should use it, pick up bolts, and set their team up for success down the line because Lord knows it. Like you said, he can be a stud and carry this team in the future. It's just we have to see him produce at an NBA level before I want to 
go any further. And the one thing, the reason why, and I'm not saying when I brought it up that for sure go with the vet. I'm just bringing it up because, yes, we have had guys. The last all-star that we've had at number one that was drafted Kyrie. was, well, after Kyrie. We had AD. John, oh, was AD John was Wall after too. Kyrie. And then now Blake I'm talking Griffin. the next year. But then like it we, was consecutive there. Like it was. No, no, I'm just saying from first pick from year to year. It was Kyrie, then it was AD. That's the last time we've had. And all, I mean, Anthony Bennett in that awful draft. Woo. Look at what happened to him. Then in 2014, Andrew Wiggins, who goes to Cleveland, or goes to Cleveland, then gets traded to Minnesota. the Timberwolves. And even with a young team there, with so many young pieces, look at that record. Right now, they have. But to he's develop. still been fantastic. There's just no team Spe- around him. Speaking of Carl Anthony Towns, was taken in 15. And then this year, Ben Simmons. I don't want to say no team around him. You got three guys scoring 22. They got three guys scoring 20. And it's one of these things where when you say. (laughs) You need a bench. (laughs) That's it. The key word that Sean says is when Sean says, oh, a guy can change a franchise. The thing I question with that is when is that can going to happen? Because I could say, well, he can change a franchise. Is it going to happen in three years, two years, one year, that first year on the team? When's that going to happen? It's not can, it's when. And I, I'm just more saying that Fultz on a team with Brad Stevens and, and players that are already developed and not going to a place where Andrew Wiggins went to Minnesota and was pretty much a barren wasteland, and then you add on Cat, and then you have three guys but no bench there. I mean, that's pretty much a barren wasteland. You have Anthony Bennett, who was a terrible pick in a, w- a weak draft. I mean, I don't think there's an all-star in that besides Giannis Antetokounmpo, who went 15th and no one was going to pick at number one overall. So... Really, I, I mean, if you put him on a playoff team, the team that's currently third in the East, that's a, that, that that could possibly just bolster this second team, and you have a guy who's going to be putting up 15 off your bench, I and that makes it more dangerous. I'm not saying you win a championship. Don't Relax. think you would put up 15 off your bench well, either, but that's I'm saying okay. possibly. If you're if the Celtics sure, picks are, could fly too. If the Celtics are going to make this pick, they have to be and will be a hundred and ten percent sure that the player they are picking is going to help them push them over that level year one. Because if they don't push them over year one, then I trade it for the vet. Getting back on on track, will the Boston Celtics have the number one overall pick? Yeah. Yeah, really, I, I think really they do. we were all saying Not up yes. or shut up. Yeah. Because we were. Yeah. No, we all agreed. I think we because were all saying yes. Seven Sixers we are going to win more games than the We were all talking us. about what they would do with the pick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we went straight through that and what they're doing with the pick, Sean. Yes. It, it was it. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't the think. The Nets suck. <laughs> unless the basketball gods, the tinfoil hat on, and uh, the Lakers get the number one overall pick. By the I'll say no, draw. Dave. It's gonna Dave, be the Dave, Dallas Mavericks. Dave, can you cover your ears for a second? Unless Embiid gets injured. You know his yeah. headphones are still. Can, can I take now. off my? Yeah, my you're good, you're yeah. Good. okay, good, good. I just want to make sure. <laughs> let's make sure, let's yeah. now move on to the 76ers. Weirdly enough, and uh, the the discussion here is: Will the 76ers have two top ten picks now? Because that that no. Laker pick, it's not going to be in the top three as of right now. Uh, it's currently at seventh. So that means the 76ers, if the lottery falls in exact same order, that means the Philadelphia 76ers will have the number two overall pick and the number seventh overall pick. At the time we're recording this. It is two losses away from being the number three. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's, uh, we're, we're... And this Laker team hasn't shown much promise this but, last month. Woo! But one thing I want to You're bring up right. here, the process worked. Because you have Joel Embiid, you have Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, Ben Simmons, and now possibly 
two top 10 picks. And then next year, you also have more picks. And then the following year, you have more picks. Because guess what? Hinky's a fucking god. And there was, I, I, I forget yeah. what, what it was, but I, I, you build I your remember there was, there was someone in our comments, and, and they brought up that, you know, the, the, the 76ers process has not worked. It's not done. If you look at this, the process is not, not done. done. Exactly. Ben Simmons hasn't played. Jo- Joel Embiid's looking like a monster out there. And then you have two guys that are possibly worth at least lottery picks in, in Ja and, and Nerland Zoel, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. So you look at this, and you're able to flip it for more. I look at this, and, and I, I think that the way that everything's falling, I think that the Lakers are not as bad as their team. The only way that they will get into the top three is if they trade uh, Lou Williams and they trade Nick Young and just completely go young and pretty much go, you know, Mozgov, Dang, Jose Calderon in their starting lineup. Wow, that that's uh, that's they very gotta, young. They got to be bad. Well, no, I'm saying like they. they <laughs> <laughs> shit. Sorry uh, about that. Jose uh, Calderon. I misspoke. Remember there. he was a bull. I don't. I, I blocked it out. I, I misspoke there. But anyways, uh, they, no, I know what you're saying. And they uh, recently actually they let uh, the young kids try to finish out the young kids. I do mm-hmm. actually mean the young yeah. ones this time, not no, that, not the people in the 30s. Yeah. Um, and they and they you know lost the game because they couldn't close it out correctly. But it's still that experience. And I think that Luke Walton is at this point in the year just kind of going, you know what? I just want to let him play, let him get mm-hmm. some experience. We're going to lose some games, but guess what? I'm going to do it the right way, Tank Commander. We're going to get these guys experience. They're, tank Commander. Yeah, that's because... <laughs> oh, man, Tank Commander. Um, he did his job, though. But, look, th- this is a Back team track. that has <laughs> a ton of young guys who... And you're right. If they get rid of Sweet Lou and uh, Uncle P, then then they're set. They're absolutely sweat. Uh, set. 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 There set. you go. But looking at this, I mean, tank. the, the, tank, the, tank, the tank, process... Tank has completely paid off because now you have so many movable assets and so many assets that can build a, a championship here. Because then if you look at, at what Chad Ford put out, because we're finally going to actually look at and reference Chad Ford's mock draft. took took what? forever. Uh, but looking at it now, I mean, the way that it is set up, if it, if it will ever pull up for me, uh, it is really the 76ers will have Lonzo Ball is where they where he currently has uh, the the 76ers selecting at two. So you'll have Lonzo Ball, a guy that Ricky thinks can be a complete difference maker mm-hmm. and should be the number one overall pick. So then 76ers are getting a guy that's worth a number one overall pick there. Uh, so they, they has Lonzo Ball at two. And then all the way at seven, where they're currently picking, he has a guy like Jason Tatum, who's a forward, which it might be a difficult fit because you do have uh, Ben Simmons there. And, I mean, the 76ers have what, about 45 forwards on their on their roster right now. Uh, but looking at this, I mean, you're getting guys that can be complete difference makers. And another thing, too, I mean, there is a guy in, in Fran- Francis. I'm going to fuck this up. Francis, you said it right. I'm not going to say it again. Francis Natikalina. Yeah, that was it. Natikalina. Who is a more effort than I did. It's really hard to watch these these highlights and these tapes of these guys when there's no actual play by play to learn this guy's names. And then when he he says it, he's speaking it so fast and in a French accent, I can't understand him. But he's a guy who's 18 year old. He's a guard. He's from France, so you can put him overseas and let him wait, and then you'll have a guys like Lonzo Ball, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid play together next year, and you have a guy you know waiting in the winds. And the ticket, I gotta just go. Show Frank. Yeah, yeah Frank. Just call Frank. my first name. Frank. Yeah, <laughs> Frank Yen. Uh, you have a guy in Frank where he can be 
a guy who can come over later yep. and he could be developed and come off the bench for you. And you'll have Lonzo Ball, Ben Simmons, uh, Nerlens Noel, or I'm sorry, uh, Joel Embiid, and then you can trade guys like Nerlens and, and and Ja. And if they have these two top ten picks, which I think they will, it's going to change the, the the culture of the 76ers. Yeah, it, it could be absolutely huge for them, but I don't think they're going to have two. I think the Lakers are going to swindle their way to uh, number three. I think it's going to happen again. And I think that'll be like the the final like here's your final piece, Lakers. You can now go forward and win games. It's unfortunate for the Seventy Sixers uh, because I mean that would be friggin' sweet if they got mm-hmm. it. But let's be fair, like you said, this is a low team with a ton of assets. So I think even with one first overall this year, they're fine. They they'll have uh, I think the Kings in twenty nineteen. They'll have an unprotected pick there. So it's not like they're starving for draft picks. They will continue to have more and more picks in the in the coming future. I think this year you have to go out and nail that guard, though. Whether it's Fultz at the one overall, if they don't get that, either Dennis Smith or Lonzo Ball. Um, and really the only thing that I think that Lonzo Ball might be a good fit for them is because they have someone like Ben Simmons who's going to be expected to have the ball in his hands more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't really need a guy who is as ball-heavy as Fultz. So I think that even if you know they don't get the one overall and like we expect the Nets to lose out. But it could also out. be like a look at the Cavaliers where they have LeBron who can have the ball in his hands, but they yeah. also have Kyrie who's the point guard who right. can have the ball in his hands. No, no, that's and fair. They can play I'm the, not saying Lonzo Ball's no, not no, a point yeah, guard. No, I'm, I'm just saying. He's, I'm just saying they could it model would be an okay fit. like that. Like LeBron and, Ky, or LeBron and Kyrie yeah, an can okay also fit. have the ball in their hands. And the one thing that's kind of a downside here for the 76ers is there's no guy like a Jamal Murray who can be a deadly outside three-point shooter or a Buddy Heald who could be a deadly mm-hmm. outside three-point shooter. Monk. Uh, Malik Monk is a very inconsistent three-point shooter. If you look at his, but when stats. he's hot, he's hot. But how many times he's in an fire. eighty-two? But how many times in an eighty-two games season is he going to be able to get hot, Dave? Fire. He's not an. Inca- he's not going to be a deadly outside shooter. He you could wa- be if you're drawing attention down low with Ja wa- and Ben Simmons. Dave, the, the the full one game you watched of Malik Monk, he put I, I watched more than one game. Sorry, but I watched four. Talking about that Louisville game. Four the, whole the, the, the Louisville. Didn't UNC he miss game. the game winner in that game too? Anyways, didn't he miss the game winner, Dave? <laughs> he, he was like one for eleven at that. <laughs> point, but what I'm I saying think. is, there's no guy who who you know. There's stories coming out where Jamal Murray was mm-hmm. hitting 77 of 100 threes or 93, whatever he oh, hit. Like, everybody out for the Celtics. Everybody went to work off his. Celtics is about 97 out of 100 threes. Yeah, it's fucking outrageous. Will, They're just making up shit. The, the, the one, they move the line in three feet and they repaint little, it. You a little salty? No, I'm just saying it was... Come on. Do we we, we heard five stories. We heard five stories about people breaking their own records for three-pointers. <laughs> I think the Celtics just draw the line in a couple feet. I gotta, I, I gotta give it, though. Malik Monk was 5 of 7 his past two games for three. The, ah? one, thing, ah? the one thing I want to mention, though... One of nine in that Louisville game, though. The one thing I want to mention, this goes for either... The Sixers and the are the Lakers or the Sixers, and it goes back to your point, Sean, where we had a fan and fellow listener kind of comment and say, you know what, like teams should be penalized for kind of tanking and going through what the Sixers are, the process. The one thing I want to throw out, and of course it wasn't a full-on process, it was just they had the seventh overall pick in 2009, which they took to take Steph Curry. That Warriors team didn't immediately become the best team in the West. They finished 13th, 12th, 13th, then finally made the playoffs that fourth year as the sixth seed, mm-hmm. made the playoffs twice without getting past not even the semifinals was the farthest they went. Yeah. And they didn't turn it on until his one, two, three, four, five, till his sixth season in the year, and that's when they won the finals. 
And, and looking at this too again, I mean the process. And that was worked. and that and that was just one first round pick. Now you got Embiid, Simmons. It's going to get there. The process got to wait. The process has worked, and, and teams should not be penalized for mm-hmm. doing this because this is how you rebuild. Teams should be yep. penalized for being mediocre consistently, aka the Look Chicago at you, Phoenix Bulls. Suns. Yeah, uh, and I, they're still tanking. They're still at the in in the bottom. I mean, no, no, but I mean, good. like, do you remember for about seven years there, they were like thirty-five oh, to forty-two yeah. wins. And they couldn't get fucking anywhere. I'm saying more like the Chicago Bulls right well, now. Well, right now, yeah, it's relevant. Like, kind of like a playoff team where they just want to get fans in. Well, is it fair? Like, no, 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 pro- I'm not getting out of Bulls talk. No, uh, no, no. I'm, I was going 76ers. Is the process, <laughs> is the process you fair? You've got to that leash with you. <laughs> no. Is the process fair to fans? No. And if you're a fan, either the NBA or the 76ers, it's okay to not like a team like the Sixers doing the process because it's basically saying, hey, we are going to deliberately suck, deliberately have, I'm going to say bad basketball out there because how do you get the number one pick? You have bad basketball. And eventually we're going to be good. As a fan, I wouldn't like it. If I was a fan of the Sixers, I would kind of tone out. I would say, you know what? I ain't going to watch. But that's okay. They're they're giving you a worse product right now in order to give you the best possible product in the future. It's a takeaway a little now. Give you a little bit more later. You got to be patient. And, yeah. and Ricky, I, I want to apologize. Yeah, it's the process. I thought, thought and, you were going to pull her in No, real quick. and it's because there's no there's no farm system in basketball. It's mm-hmm. like the what the 76ers are doing are kind of like what Theo did oh with my God. Cubs. The only difference is I didn't lose interest in the Cubs because the Cubs in baseball have this thing called a farm system where you can send players and develop them. I mean, and your major league team kind of, suck too. Yeah, so. but I mean, you can say, "Hey, we're developing players," years and of not be at the major league level. Anyways, Ricky, want to apologize for yeah. thought you were going on a Bulls rant there? It was no. a very, very I, good point. I took the criti- be, I've taken the criticism sh- from should our de- fans. Should definitely be a a, a uh, you know kind of a what's it called farm league in the NBA. I couldn't think of farm. Yeah, league. it's uh, called the D League. Yeah, you, well, you know what? <laughs> actual, a true D League. though. Yeah. No, but like that's the thing. Like the D League. I mean, it, it doesn't really help that much. I mean, no. you're not going to put a guy in the D League. I know there. there's a team called the Vipers, and that's it. I think the Grand Valley Vipers. I'm sure. Like that. I, I, there's yeah. the Lakers. Ah, the Iowa Energy. That's them. Too. Yeah. Isn't that on WNBA team? No. It Who could cares? be. It sounds like. Who cares? <laughs> uh, but really, the D League doesn't do its its true purpose. It's really just guys that might make the bench one day. And mm-hmm. there's obviously those one guys like Asana Whiteside, Whiteside that Yay. really come out and, and show. But most likely, it's guys that are going to be picked in the second round. And no one really cares about watching them. But moving on now, because we talked about the 76ers, I think we all think that they're going to most likely, you think that they're not going to have two top 10 picks. I do not. I think Magic's going to happen tinfoil hat on. Are we talking about Sixers with two? Yes. yes. No. Two. No. Lakers are getting a top three pick. Sixers are getting two. Sixers are getting mm-hmm. two. I don't. I think mm-hmm. the Lakers will will, will push up. I, I know the whole Lou Williams things, but there's so much mediocrity, and I, I just think that That's Miami's fine. Miami's going to trade Goran Dragic, and and they're going to fall off completely. The Mavericks just suck, and they don't even need to trade anyone to, away to suck. The Nets suck, and if they trade away Brooke, but Lopez, the Mavericks can beat the Lakers. If the net if the Nets trade away <laughs> Brooke Lopez, there's no team that are in Brooklyn anymore. But now let's move on to Harry Giles, our final topic here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And will Harry Giles be a bust in the NBA? And that's not really on his skill set, and it's not really on his performance so far. But it's so disrespectful to Harry. <laughs> You're going to be a bust. <laughs> but it, but it's re- it's it's just it's asking a question because you know, I know two I know. two ACL surgeries in high school, and he's finally coming back for Duke. Put up a double double against Georgia Tech, and he didn't really show his athleticism. He's wearing that brace and not really you know trusting that knee mm-hmm. a, a, as most p- players do when they come back from from surgeries like that. I mean, he was getting up there throwing down dunks, but really, I mean, does all of this 
taking in, you know, Coach K possibly being out for most of the season for Duke, taking in his injuries, taking in the fact that he has an immature teammate in Grayson Allen. Will he have enough leadership to, A, get to the NBA in the, you know, the top position he can? And will he be able to take in all of these injuries? Or will we see really a bust because of his injuries? I mean, really, Dave, look into the crystal ball. Will Harry Giles be a bust? I want to say no, but Jesus Christ, his knees just... I don't know how well that's going to play out over an NBA career. I mean, I think he's got all the potential in the world, but I don't know if you're going to have him for more than like five good years. Maybe he he could go along the same line as Brendan Roy, where yes, he looks great, but like you know the timeline. Was an all star, yeah. You, you know the end of the line. Um, and you said it. He wasn't trusting his own knee already, and he still put up a double-double. That shows you he has the talent. I, I would use a top-10 pick on him because I think he's a high-impact player early on in the NBA. We were talking about guys that takes a long time to develop. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to take a long time to develop. I think he will be an impact player day one, and I think you're going to have some good usage out of him in his early couple of years. I do have the long-term concerns for his health, uh, but you know what? That's only going to play out over time, and we'll have to see how that goes. He could take great care of himself and you know really get his knees in good shape again. Uh, it's just you, you can't predict injuries. Well, and the thing that I think about with this is how Sean mentioned he brought up Grayson Allen, and it has nothing to do with Grayson Allen's leadership or him being back on the court, which shouldn't even be an issue that we talk about. But the thing that I was kind of hoping for is I'm like, great, Grayson Allen's going to be out a few games. This could allow Kennard to step up to be that main guy and then kind of give an opportunity for Giles to have a greater role. When you take a player away, somebody needs to step up. And this, it, it, oh, it could have created more time for Giles, even if it was just Georgia Tech and Boston College, could have gave him two games where he could have had a, be- a more significant role and could have shown something. And one thing, too, with Giles, I mean, just looking at his player profile, I mean, he's one thing that is good because, you know, obviously he does show his ACLs, you know, might not hold up. And the thing about his game, though, is he doesn't really need to be a guy that moves around a lot. He doesn't need to be a guy that, you know, kind of needs to stretch the floor. He can be a guy that can play specifically down low. Was it Kenneth Reed has no ACLs or something like that, right? Possibly. I I, I mean, just looking at it, though, I mean, he doesn't need to – you know, move around. He's, he's not a guy that's going to stretch the floor. He's going to be a guy that's going to hover around that that, that that basket. And he showed that in Georgia Tech that he can do that efficiently. I mean, I believe it was Tatum or it was possibly Grayson Allen or Kennard, one of them, tossed him an oop and he goes up and it just kind of looks like he like flailed on it and he just throws up a, a he throws up a, a limp layup and it was his first ba- basket of the game. But then in that Georgia Tech later on, Jason Tatum throws an alley-oop and he's able to go up and, and slam it down. So really, I, I think it's going to be interesting more on how he will develop and grow throughout the season season before we can really say he's a bust but I think looking at this and looking at his Georgia Tech game and seeing how he's coming back I think that the bust label and my worries about his knees are kind of going away a little bit and and if he's able to do this consistently then they will probably most likely go go away fully because yes you're going to have a guy that possibly might not be able to really stay healthy down the line but if you mm-hmm. do put, put him on a limits uh, a minutes restriction in the NBA and then you have him fresh for the playoffs this might be a guy that can just explode off the bat Absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's one thing that I think Harry Giles you know I don't think he will be a bust just because he does have so many tools and I think he might be a guy that really could be a steal in the draft if he goes like seven to ten yeah and i was thinking of dewan blair actually he's the man with no acl yeah but du- uh dewan blair played about a good six years in the nba i think 
So and, and Brendan Roy did too. And Brendan Roy was a was an all star. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, looking at it, I, don't I like think the minutes restriction because that's that's actually something that more teams are taking seriously now. The I process. feel like well, it, the process, yes, because their whole team is on <laughs> like twenty minutes. But no, I think that's something that could definitely increase the longevity of NBA players' careers. And I think medicine has come a pretty pretty long way in the last decade. So it's something over time we're going to see more and more players, you know, be more health concerned. And take better care of themselves. I mean, shit, look at the 80s. Guys are in there smoking cigars, drinking before games, mm-hmm. during games, after games. Like, there was just, no, no, we don't care. It's just, we're going out there having fun. Nowadays, it's, they have nutritionalists. Have the They've got, what they're putting oh in my their God, bodies. it's crazy. There's analytics now yeah. with health. There's analytics with everything. Exactly, but yeah. analytics were the thing before I just, 1994. I, I think it's... <laughs> Better to take somebody. There, there's a better chance that he'll pan out in the NBA in today's NBA. Well, and the the one thing that I question with Harry Giles that doesn't have to do with his injury history is where he's coming into the season. And I mean, right now in the mock draft, what he's got him to the Timberwolves right now. Yeah, does seven. Chad Ford. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I'm a top ten pick, of course I'd come out. But the one thing that you got to think about is. If we see a lot of games where it's like we don't see any, like on the stat line, we don't see anything that just pops out and it's just like, okay, that's some fairly good games. Is he going to fall a little bit because he's only played virtually half a season? He's coming in, virtually he came in right he's when missing season, yeah, the season two, yeah. which is conference play started, and that's when. He came in. I'm not counting the Tennessee and Elon game because he played a combined 10 minutes in those two games. But if he sees some like mediocre games, is it going to be something we get to the end of the year and we're having a discussion with Giles about do you come out and say, I'm going to come out because I don't know how many years I have on yeah, my he ACLs? He's ticking he's time got him. Yeah. Or will we say a your draft stock fell and you might have to stay to boost it back up. He's no. got to he's got to stay around because the fact you mean that he's got to come out. This, even yeah, even if yeah, his draft let's say his draft stock falls don't care. outside the lottery. Got to come out. Yep. He's got to come out because, because no... what if he gets injured? If he gets injured at Duke then there's no paycheck and there's nothing at all. I mean that's the thing with the guys like with the guys like you know if it's a guy like uh Ivan Rob who can do that and if he's like oh I want to boost my draft stock obviously that's not working out for him so so far he's falling down from a lottery pick last year to outside of the lottery now but with a guy like Ivan Rob he didn't have that ACL mm-hmm. worries. He can Harry Giles can fuck up his knee again. He's done. And and he doesn't have an NBA career. He doesn't have an NBA paycheck. He never says I was an NBA player. So that's really the thing. I'm going to say this. If he falls out of the lottery, basically, he has no choice. He has to. If he's, oh, he's coming out. If he's no a second-round draft pick, he's got to come out. He's got to come out this year. He's, yep. This is this is the one thing where I'm saying the one and done actually I, I don't is, expect, is worth it. Yeah, yeah it, it's going to work out to his benefit. But I don't expect him. I expect him to play really well for the end of the season. And I, I don't think there's any question he'll be a top 10 pick. I think he'll be higher than eight where he's listed right now. But you know what? have to watch play out. Teams might take a chance on him because of because of the injuries, and we'll see how he does really in, in tournament time and and through this conference schedule. But that's going to wrap up this draft cast for the Fast Break Podcast. I want to thank Dave Oster for joining me and Ricky Woodward for joining me as always. We'll have multiple when the when the Chad Ford mock drafts comes out. We might do a couple just without Chad mm-hmm. Ford. We don't need a, we don't need no Chad Ford to uh, <laughs> yeah. do a draft podcast. But anyways, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you for watching at home. And if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. But for Dave, Ricky, I'm Sean. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.